Welcome to Color Me Conscious. We have more in common than difference. Our intention is to explore the intersectionality that unites us and build consciousness about the layers of oppression we all carry. Color Me Conscious, where consciousness is at the forefront of the discussion about race. to Color Me Conscious. My name is Mylika. And I'm Myra. And welcome to another episode. Today we have a, a very special guest with us. Yes. Miss Cynthia Flores. <laughs> Hi everyone. And today we wanted to we wanted to start from a from a centered place. So if everyone will just for one second take a deep breath in, close your eyes, count to three, and exhale. One more time. Breathe in. Count to three. And exhale. We call that a cleansing breath. And we just wanted to start from a place of centered peace and harmony because we wanted to dive into a topic that can be very intense for people. It is an intense topic. We're going to talk about internalized racism today. And Part of the Color Me Conscious goal is for our listeners, our viewers, and ourselves to do introspective work into who we are and why we are the way that we are, and then make adjustments, okay? And so we have brought a lovely subject matter expert here today to talk about that. Um, yeah. So just to introduce uh, Cynthia a little bit, she's originally from Salinas, California, and she has an associate marriage and family therapist degree. She earned her <laughs> master's hey, 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 at Palo Alto University. <laughs> so big up, big ups to Cynthia. Uh, she has an extensive experience working with nonprofit community mental health. She currently works at Baby Hunters Point Community in San Francisco, California, where she works with uh, children and families that are impacted by adverse childhood experiences. Cynthia has experience working in school-based mental health programs and clinic-based behavioral uh, health settings with integrated trauma-informed, strength-based, mm -hmm. and culturally-informed approaches to work. Mm -hmm. Topics such as internalized racism, gender, classism, are among others in relation to wellness of mind, body, and spirit. Mental health and social injustices are at the forefront of the very important work that she's doing serving communities of color. Yay! Woo! Snaps and claps and snaps and claps for Cynthia. <laughs> yes. Thank you so much for being here because this is something that I think um, needs to be discussed but is under discussed um, mm -hmm. on a broad platform mm -hmm. because we can all agree that we live mm -hmm. in a racist society. We live Correct. in a white supremacist oppressive society yes. for any ism you want to put in there. Mm -hmm. That's what America is. If you in, 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 in a separate conversation if you disagree with that. But <laughs> we're going to start from a place of agreeing. Mutual, mutual understanding. Mutual understanding the, the that family. that's what we were born into or some of us migrated to. Okay? And so that's what that's what we're here 
today to talk about and it can be it can be intense but I think when you start from a place of okay these are my privileges these are my isms and I'm ready to do something about that right. I'm ready to do something different so I can get something different so that we can be different and that's the most honest humble place that you can start from when we're trying to dive into some of these deep topics right Absolutely. yeah it's all about reconciling mm -hmm. right and in order for us to be able to reconcile what is actually happening we have to be able to put all the puzzle pieces together because there's so much background noise that we're unaware of mm -hmm. that plays into what we think uh, how we feel mm -hmm. how we choose to act mm -hmm. and a lot of those times it can be you know split moment mm -hmm. you know a split second decision and 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 all of that running in the background is so easily overlooked right. but when we start to peel back those layers and see what's going on then that's when we can reconcile and we can choose mm -hmm. to do things differently because we don't even have the awareness that those things are playing in in our own minds right. we're just acting on autopilot right. which right. is so dangerous and one of the reasons that I'm so happy that you're here to discuss that is because I think a lot of times we could be unaware mm -hmm. of the impact that we're having on the people around us mm -hmm. and the impact that we have on ourselves mm -hmm. by the things that we tell ourselves. Right. Yeah. So this right. is amazing, very um, deep topic, also a little bit um, can be uncomfortable, can be sensitive. So um, we do want to put a little bit of a sensitivity warning to our viewers um, just because of the nature of what we're discussing um, can bring up, you know, trauma triggers for mm -hmm. people. So if you are listening to this episode and, you know, in any way, um, you know, start to feel unsafe, uh, we would just really encourage you to take the time that you need to take care of yourself and, and um, don't you know, push forward on anything that you're not ready to um, listen to at this time. Right. And if you if you find yourself um, feeling triggered, then really that's the that's the moment where you want to pause. Right. That's the moment where you want to really investigate that. What is it about what you heard or what you started thinking that made you feel um, that negative emotion started to arise within yourself, and then examine that. Because that's how you can, if you have already chosen to, dismantle some of the isms that you hold, right? Acknowledging the triggers in real time, that's when you can start to address those things, right? I mean, and it's a process, okay? So let's start by defining the term. What is internalized racism? Well, internalized racism really comes in, it, it's comes in from a racist system, right? Where there are racial groups that are oppressed by this white supremacy sort of construct and uh, ways of living, right? So that is definitely, and then also um, this internalized internalization of racism actually distorts people's you know, um, sense of self and identity and our own sense of humanity. Mm -hmm. And um, and it really disrupts the, the psychological, the, um, the, the physiological and the spiritual sense of who we are. Mm -hmm. So 
it's, you know, it's deep. It's very deep. It's very ingrained. It's very demoralizing and very dehumanizing. And it sounds like it can almost be, um, it, it's, it's under the surface. And it's hard for people to see it sometimes. I think when you're, when you're educated in psychology and you're educa educated in history and you've done that work, then it may be easier to identify that in other people as well as in yourself. Mm -hmm. But then when, when, if you're a newbie to this, that can be difficult. But I think, honestly, that's why we started from a place of a cleansing breath because everybody has their own internalized ism and that's okay. We just have to make a choice to continue to do the work to improve ourselves and improve our communities and have the impact that we have on each other. Of course. And I mean, um, these experiences that, you know, I'm talking from, this, I'm, all, I'm also coming in from, I know I noticed that, you know, I was presented as, a, as an ex or, an, you know, as an associate American family therapist, right? Um, however, I am coming, um, I, I'm aware that I'm a provider, but I'm also a person, right? So I do carry multiple hats, and I'm also aware that I'm a woman of color, and I also experience these things on a regular basis. So I'm coming, I'm really being aware of these things, right? Because uh, there's a level of vulnerability that we all hold, uh, because we do experience these things uh, on a regular basis. And I want to really be able to hold hold that, you know, in my mind, and also be able to hold space for that as well. Yeah. Um, and, and yeah, in my own experience around internalized racism as well. And, and, and thank you for that, because that lends itself right to the next question when we're talking about um, our own experiences, right? Mm -hmm. So like, my, I'm, a, I'm a woman of color and um, work in the healthcare setting. Um, how does internalized racism impact people of color? Well, there are many really there are many layers, right? We live in systems. So it's a very systemic. It really it's really rooted in systemic um, oppression. Right? It's systemic, it's uh, historical, right? There it's rooted in, in um, historical oppression. Uh, and it's very structural. So there are many layers and levels that internalized racism, you know, where internalized racism happens mm -hmm. and how it happens. Mm -hmm. So, so yeah, that's definitely, it's very systemic. It's, you know, from institutional um, systems mm -hmm. to, you know, culture systems, right? So I think seeing it from those, starting and seeing them how, from those lenses mm -hmm, mm -hmm. is very important because um, all of these really impact all of us. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. You know, systems of oppression impact all of us. And like maybe making me think of a, maybe an example of internalized racism, like an example could be, and from a systemic position, we know that in a lot of cases when um, two people commit the same crime, but one of them is white and one of them is a person of color, mm -hmm. you can see that same judge give a leniency, a different sentence to the white criminal as you would to the person of color. And if that judge is a person of color themselves yeah. and they're being more lenient towards the white criminal than 
the person of color that has committed a crime, that's an example of internalized racism, where that judge who has the power to make the decision is maintaining the status quo within this systemic oppression of the judicial system. Okay, so if we've seen that, and we've seen that happen, but that's an example for you. So if you're wondering, well, what does that even mean? It's when a, a person of color maintains the status quo of white supremacy within a system when that person of color has any sort of power or influence whatsoever. Okay? That's a great yeah. clarification. One thing I was also wondering if we could clarify is like just about like the history and the origin of mm -hmm. it. So the history and the origin of white supremacy, like is that like time back to like I'm imagining slave trade and then is it even before that? Like I mean, Ooh, that's I think a big question. <laughs> I don't have that. I mean, that, that's a big question. <laughs> I, I that's a great yes. question. That's an amazing question. We should be asking ourselves that whole, question. That's a whole other episode. That's a whole other episode. <laughs> the history of white supremacy. Can you just boil that down? Thirty seconds. Answer, please. I mean, no, I'm just thinking of like yeah. the context though and how important it is because a yeah. lot of how I started learning about white supremacy was through taking um, black studies classes mm -hmm. in college and learning about things like um, during the slave trade, um, both in uh, the United Kingdom as well as here in America, there were all of these um, basically theorists, racist theorists that would utilize, you know, um, their theories to promote and perpetuate racism. So um, just some of those things were running in the back of my mind because for some of our viewers who may not have, um, they might be like novices in, mm -hmm. in navigating this, um, then uh, understanding the context um, of where is this is coming from can help put into perspective um, how how is it because maybe one listener might be sitting here thinking well how is it that you know let's say a, a black female judge you know convicts a, a black um, like convict mm -hmm. to a harsher sentence and they might not see that as automatically being a connection to white supremacy, mm -hmm. you know, it could be something of like, oh, maybe she's like the trope of angry black woman, right? <laughs> like, there's a lot of other right. ways that people could look and, like, try and um, understand it from different perspectives that also could be actually buying into racist tropes and stereotypes. Mm -hmm. And so there's a lot of work to be done, especially, I think, as whites, as white allies in this uh, anti-racism work to um, to unlearn, like learn by unlearning, right? Yeah. And and also like everyone, like like you said, is multifaceted. I don't think that anyone makes one singular decision right. based on one point of view. We right. all have a past. We all have our own personal experiences that we bring to our work, that we bring to interpersonal relationships right. and exchanges with strangers and family members and friends and loved ones. So, um, you know, that was a real simplified example, but just so that people can have a context, right? There's, you'd have to take a whole class on, on, on white supremacy, but you know what, what we can do is direct you to some great articles and some great books that folks can read so that you can learn more about the history of systemic racism in the United States and what that means and how it directly impacts you today. Because once you realize the history, you are able to see it 
point you're able to point to it and you see how it's still prevalent everywhere yeah, it may be so covert in certain places but in a lot of ways is very overt if you know what to look for um but again that's just the case we were given that's just the situation that we're in right mm -hmm. and so not necessarily to point blame at any one person but i think that People who have influence and people who have positions of power and hold that, they need they need to do the work mm -hmm. just as much, if not more, than yeah. other people who are impacted by mm -hmm. those decisions. Mm -hmm. Because when you have a position of power, like a police officer or a judge or a lawyer or a doctor, you have to understand that everything that you bring, everything that you're going through, the pain that you live with every day... You're not, you're not exempt. Other people are, have the same pain and the same um, issues that they bring with them when they present right. a certain way. Right. So if someone presents a way that seems angry or aggressive, you have to also question you know, the origins of that. Is it pain? Is it anxiety? Is it something else that's causing a person to act in a certain way or exhibit certain behaviors mm -hmm. right and so i think that i would just implore everyone that's why i think everyone has a privilege of one sort or another everyone has a power of one sort of another whether it's influence over your social group or you know a power differential between you and your children everyone has that mm -hmm. somewhere whether it's just at work or at home or you know mm -hmm. if you're a bus driver you're driving the bus you've got a position of power differential between you and everybody else on the bus right so you can identify places where in your life, in your everyday life, where we can examine how we interact with each other. Right. And be mindful Excellent. of that, right? Excellent point. Because internalized racism manifests in a lot of different it ways. Does. I think we all, the, the thing that, you know, as you speak now, I realize that we all experience internalized racism. No matter you know, what race, what color, what ethnicity. I mean, no matter all of these um, different layers mm -hmm. that we are, you know, that we are composed of, right? right? Mm -hmm. We all experience internalized racism in many ways and forms and somehow perpetuate yes. these things unconsciously, consciously. Uh, I don't know. I think... Um, these are very real things that happen, mm -hmm. and um, I think, like you said, it really takes a level of self-awareness, mm -hmm. of checking in with yourself, mm -hmm. right? And it's not like, oh, I already checked in with myself. Or, no, like, <laughs> this is a lifelong process. Yeah. But my certificate's on the wall. Like, any issues you right. have, just refer to the certificate. Oh, good. <laughs> like, I'm good. Check, check, check. No. I read that article, so I'm good. Right? Like, no, this is not, this is doing the work. This mm -hmm. is you really sitting down, reflecting mm -hmm. on how, what impact is it that you bring to people. Right. And that happens, my friends, on a daily basis, it's multiple true. times a day. Whether you're conscious or unconscious about it, it's happening. Whether whether you choose to ignore it or not. Like we we all do it. And that's why the first dimension of internalized racism manifesting is in the inner of dimension. Course. You wanna speak to that a little bit? Um 
personally, I have acknowledged times in my life where I have questioned if I did something um, and reaction to something else and what was the motivation behind that reaction. So I'll give you an example. Um, while ago, I'm sitting in my car um, on the street, I'm waiting for my child to get done with his tutoring session and I'm in my car alone and down the street I saw a group of three young black men walking towards towards my direction. Now, without thinking, the first thing I did was go and check and lock my door. And so, in doing my internal investigation, even in that moment, I'm like, wait, why did I just do that? Mm. Why did I just do that? Did I do that because it's three black men and I've got some kind of bias towards a group of three black men? Or did I do that because it's three men? And I'm a woman alone on the streets of San Francisco in my car. Right. And would I have reacted the same if it was three Latino men or three Caucasian men or three Asian men? I can say, honestly, yeah, I would have reacted the same because I'm still a woman alone in my car. Mm -hmm. And I don't know. I mean, they weren't doing anything. They were just walking and talking and minding their own business. But I'm honest enough with myself and I'm honest enough with you to be able to say that that's how my internalized racism showed up in that moment right and like I said before it's layered mm -hmm. so it's not just because they were black it's not just because they were men it's not just because I'm a woman but you put all that together and then you've got a reaction and you've got a situation right and so I think that everybody can identify times in their life mm -hmm. where you you made certain choices but one of the symptoms of internalized racism is hypervigilance and just consistently keeping your head on a swivel because mm -hmm. you don't you don't know mm -hmm. what someone else's motive is or what someone else is going to say or do to you right yeah thank you for bringing that up and 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 yes i think uh, like as you mentioned hypervigilance right but in your in in your in intersectionalities right mm -hmm. of um, also being a woman and trying to, you know, having the sense of wanting to protect yourself right. in the moment, yeah. all of these things layer up. Exactly. And, and you're right. And it's in terms of like what happens to us when we internally, when we experience internalized racism, I mean, it really impacts like our sense of identity, mm -hmm. right? Uh, it impacts um, us in many different ways. I know that you know, it impacts in terms of like, I think about physiological symptoms when we experience, uh, say, a microaggression or a microinvalidation, right? Mm -hmm. We start building up all of these emotions, mm -hmm. right? You talked about feeling like this rage, this sense of like um, hopelessness mm -hmm. or this sense of like anger, mm -hmm. right? And all of these, you know, um, really impact our sense of well-being in our bodies like we carry all of this weight yeah. mm -hmm. we carry all of this weight in our physical bodies mm -hmm. by you know we there's like you know we experience symptoms such as headaches mm -hmm. uh, um, insomnia yeah. right uh, feeling like isolate like mm -hmm. isolation feeling mm -hmm. body aches um, yeah. difficulty staying grounded difficulty with memory mm -hmm. right right uh, you know confusions have like this self-blaming um, thoughts, right? Feeling guilty for experiencing 
right. these microaggressions, right. these micro-invalidations, right. um, these self-defeating thoughts, right? right. Um, and self-doubting our experiences. Like somehow you brought it on yourself. Yeah. Like somehow you made, you made that happen. Exactly. When there are so many more factors at play. Of course. Right? And of course. and that's that's the inner part. That's the inner work. That's the inner work. Mm -hmm. And it's really it takes a a, a level of being really self-aware. Mm -hmm. Right? Of really being able to you know, when something like that happens, say like a micro-invalidation or a microaggression, um, it really takes checking in with yourself. Yeah. Checking in with yourself, really knowing that whatever came from the external, from from that that person who has done, you know, say a microaggression or a micro microinvalidation against you, it really takes like really putting it back to them. Right. Mm -hmm. But I do recognize that even being able to check in with yourself and being able to be aware of that is a privilege. Mm -hmm. Because not everyone has these tools. Right. So, you know what I mean? It Absolutely, really takes that. because it's a, we're talking about uh, what a person's capacity exactly. is. And people only have so much capacity as they have access to resources and tools to manage these sorts of, um, of difficult things. Right. You know, because, it, I mean, uh, Honestly, this is really making me think about like adverse childhood experiences mm -hmm. and um, the ways that all of us, like when we experience different forms of adversity, mm -hmm. especially in childhood, will then internalize those things as being our faults, mm -hmm. as things that we deserve, as things that are, you know, we're to blame because mm -hmm. of it. Of and in order to actually change those narratives inside of ourselves, mm. we have had to come to the table and do a lot of work. Yeah. And you work. have to have time, and you have to have emotional durability, and you mm -hmm. have to have access to resources yes. to help you to overcome those things. Because the, the, the human nature that we all have is to bring it in as something that we deserve. Mm. And it's just interesting to think about how that plays into those oppressive narratives. Okay. It's a cumulative <sighs> process. That's heavy. I'm sorry. But I'm like, oh, it's that's really heavy. heavy. It is very It's very heavy. real. Yeah. Thank you for sharing Thanks that. For sharing. That's real. Mm -hmm. That's very real. And I think a lot of our listeners and viewers can identify with that. I think that we all have our own... Um, laundry list of small and large traumas that influence and impact yeah. who we are as adults, right? And then, but what you don't want to do is be a hurt person that goes out hurting people. So we have to take a moment. I mean, and if you need support with that, if you need um, guidance with that, there are books to be read, there are therapists out there that want to help you, that want to listen, um, and now they, they, they have, a, there's apps, you can even text therapists, you don't even have to, you don't even have to go in, like, they're, they're real, it's real, you can get, you can get a therapist, you can just text them whatever you're feeling, like, I'm feeling some kind of way, or I'm on the bus and she's looking at me like, what does this mean, you know what I mean, you can do that, I'm not making this up, that's real, that's super real, so, so you don't always have to go sit on the couch with your feet yeah. up, you don't always have to go to the shrink, right, like, and, and, and sometimes it's just as simple as, I mean, if I'm, if I'm feeling triggered about something, I need to know, at the same time that I know what my tr triggers are, I need to know what are my releases, mm -hmm. 
what helps to bring me up out of that? For me, it's laughter. For me, it's levity. So when I'm feeling heavy and low, I'm always gonna go. To, I'm always gonna go to the joke because that's just who I am. But for some, for other people, it's music. For other people, yeah. it's sunshine. For other yeah. people, it's dancing or whatever, you know. But find what works for you so that when you experience that microaggression or you're completely triggered by a, an aggressive aggression that's not little, a legitimate attack, understand what does it take for you to get regrounded, to get recentered. You need to go take a, a, a minute. You need to take a walk. You need to sit and meditate for a moment. Whatever you have to do, do it. And claim that time and claim that space for yourself. That way you don't internalize the hurt mm -hmm. and then spew it out at someone else. Because that's what happens over and over so and true. over and over again for a lot of people. Right? And so while we're saying, oh, do the work, do the work, it's like, how do I start? For some people, it's like, how do I even start? I don't know where to start. It's so heavy and so deep. Understand that it's going to take time. It took time to get where you are. It's going to take even more time to get out of that. And that's okay. Because we're here to live this life. We're here to continue to grow and learn every day. You've got another chance tomorrow and the next day and the next day and the next day. Every day that you're alive is another chance to do better, be better, learn and grow, right? So... If we can just start from that place, <laughs> let's just start from that place of like, this is, it's going to take some work, right? And a lot of this was given to you. Yeah. A lot of this is taught. All this is learned. Right? Learned. Everything that's learned can be unlearned. Mm -hmm. Right? Right? And so you should, we should all be lifelong learners. Yeah. Definitely. We just should. It's it's a def yeah it's it's definitely a healing process, mm -hmm. and it's very different for everyone, and it takes time like mm -hmm. you say like you're saying this is these experiences are cumulative right just like adverse childhood experiences right, right? right. it it's i'm going to call it what it is it's racial trauma mm -hmm. that is that it is that's it for me right, right? but uh, i recognize that these experiences are very cumulative mm -hmm. and um you know the moment where you think yeah i'm healed like i'm doing great you get hit Oh. By another microaggression, mm -hmm. by another um, just attack that wants to really crush you mm -hmm. and tell you that you, that your existence and your experiences are not real. Mm -hmm. So that is hard. Mm -hmm. We have to recognize that 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 is hard, and wow. Can I, I just want to pause on that because actually like what I'm hearing is like the the pressure from that is completely to um, erase your experience mm -hmm. and say that like what you're experiencing isn't valid exactly mm -hmm. that's that's what it is and yeah. that's a that's a dynamic of power, right? That's a dynamic that's, of power. That's a dynamic of power. That's a dynamic of, a of oppression, oppression, and privilege. Because it, but in that moment, what you can do is reclaim your power, reclaim your power over yourself, reclaim your power over over your identity, over who you are. Yeah, I do have to say that it is very hard for it people is. to do that. It is. It, and like I said, it takes a lot from people. It takes people doing this emotional labor mm -hmm. for other people mm -hmm. that need to be doing right. their work. Right. That's what it takes. Right. It takes people struggling on a daily basis. 
right? It, not only in, in communities, not only in, um, you know, within cultures, uh, in institutions, mm -hmm. like it's bigger. Mm -hmm. It's, it's, it's everything that we, that we live mm -hmm. and breathe. It's in everywhere. Yeah. I mean, this systems of, the system of oppression that we live in, really, that's what it does. Mm -hmm. So I wanted to acknowledge that because it's not an easy process. And it's not an easy process because people also um, are not aware of this internalization that right. happens. Right. So when people are not aware that this is happening, then a lot of people internalize all these things of like self-blame, self-hate, and then that then, you know, it, it's expressed out in the world. Right. Yep, and so we'll get to all of the, we have so much more in depth, and in our next episode, we're going to continue this conversation. We hope you join us. Thank you for listening. And if we made you think, and you'd like to continue the conversation, visit our website, www.colormeconsciouspodcast.com, and follow us on Instagram and Facebook, at Color Me Conscious Podcast. Mm -hmm.